Hey, what's going on, everybody? Uh, once again, it's another exciting episode of Open My Radio Podcast. I decided to make a change in my life. Um, I'm taking a sabbatical from the PlayStation 4 um, for this week because I did the math, and the math said that I spent at least three to six hours on the PlayStation with my friends, either playing Grand Theft Auto or NBA 2K20. If you want the smoke, by the way, it's old Mike B. It's my P- PlayStation um, P- P- PS4 name. Anyway, six, three to six hours a day on the PlayStation 4, which means that I could literally do a minimum of three podcasts uh, a day to six podcasts a day and have them in the folder waiting to deliver to you guys once a week. I could do this for seven straight days. That is, if you do the math, at the max, 42 episodes, I think. You guys tell me if I'm right or wrong on the math. 42 episodes, ones and twos, which means even though today is Wednesday, I'm going to try to uh, record as many episodes as I can this week so that uh, I'll be dropping them once a week every Tuesday or Wednesday. Every Tuesday or Wednesday around and early in the morning so you can have them. Um, this particular episode, I got my man. We want to go vintage. Um um, one half of these guys, uh, three guys on podcast, um, uh, Mr. Andy Clown, I have him on the show. Uh, I give them a lot of credit for some of the success that I've had recently. And, uh, I'm looking forward to having one of the podcast. It's the first time I've had one of them on. Um, uh, hopefully I get to have Randolph on soon, but without any further ado, guys, that was the cold opening. <laughs> and this is my daughter. Say my name. My name is Deja Brown. And you're listening to. And you're listening to. The open mic podcast. Podcast. Pop, 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 podcast. Yeah. Yeah. What's going on, everybody? Are y'all washing your hands? What's going on, ones and twos? Y'all got the patience of Job, and you're welcome. And hello, and welcome to another exciting episode of the Open Mic Radio Podcast. Podcast, 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 podcast. That was my daughter in the opening. She was so adorable three years ago when she did this for me. I need to do a re-up. She's on a TikTok, y'all. For the record, pause. My daughter is so talented. She is more talented than me in anything comedically or entertaining um, at this age uh, in the game. She's 10. And I will support her wholeheartedly. Let's go. Yay. And I'm not biting off of Kobe. Some of y'all are like, oh, look, he's trying to do the Kobe thing. Girl, dad. Girl, dad. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe I just saw something in her and I'm like, you know what? (laughs) She's got the juice. She's got the juice. I already gave you in the cold opening what we got going on or what we have going on. Proper grammar, enunciation, pronunciation, a whole lot of communication. Are y'all still watching that president briefing? Are y'all still watching his briefing? (laughs) Trash. Trash. 
No, really, are y'all still watching it? I don't know. Maybe. I'm not. I stopped watching them a long time ago. Who needs that negativity in their life? <laughs> I don't. What have y'all been doing with y'all pandemic time? Are you an essential employee? Email me. Comment me at openmyradiopodcast at gmail.com. Email me. Comment on this on this thread. Follow me on iTunes. Podbean, Spotify. Podbean, Spotify. Podbean, Spotify. Podbean, Spotify. We got a really interesting episode. What am I going to talk about before we bring him on? I'll be honest with you, man. Um, I've been following proper social distancing rules, but I've also um, has take I've taken this time to work on my body and my mind. Did I say that wrong? My mind, body, and soul. Yeah, man. I've been taking this time, man. Y'all should do the same thing too. I was I was going to ask on Facebook and on Twitter, what have you been doing with your pandemic time? What have you been doing with your life? Um, being in the house. Have you improved your situation? Have you learned from your situation? Have you looked in the chalkboard and said, because, you know, everybody's life has been hectic. It's been real busy, right? It's been real busy, you know, prior to this pandemic. So you didn't have time to sit back and like really look at your life and like, man, mm, this sucks. <laughs> man, I could really do things differently. And that's what, um, um, that's what I've been doing. Um, that's what I've been doing, and uh, I've been I've been sitting back and I've been working on myself a lot. Uh, I recently just bought a bicycle, um, which was one third of my Trump check, and uh, I went to bought a bicycle. And I was like, I'm gonna get these road miles in, and I hit up my good friend Skiba, and I hit up my good friend Tony Woods. This is me name dropping some comics that are pretty pretty good. Okay. And um, I know they're bike riders. Tony Woods, he he's part of the lonely, lonely bike ass, uh, lonely, um, lonely ass bike club, which he normally goes around the city. And he's riding his bike and everything. So I knew to ask him and Skiba, who's also an avid bike rider. Hey, man, um, what do I need to protect my nuts? Because and, and it's very important. See, y'all didn't know I was going to go there. It's very important to protect your family jewels. Um, I rode a bike and these bikes that the bike that I have was not meant for grown adults. Um, um, it's just not. Uh, so you need to get the proper protective gear to protect your nuts at all times. And so, um, <laughs> so uh, uh, um, Tony Woods has been tagging me in different little um, um, advertisements on Instagram and on social media and stuff. Um, and what you need, uh, Skiba's been letting me know what I need as well. You need gloves. You need the camo pack, the little backpack that holds water. You need, um, uh, you need the, um, padding. You need the, you need the butt pad, but it's not just a butt pad. I forgot the name of it. It's like Chamos, Chamos, whatever. It's not just a butt pad. You need it all. You need the butt pad. You need the, the gloves. Um, I went and bought a camo pack. Um, we, that's what we call them in the army, camo packs. I went and bought a camo pack. Um, the other day, uh, I probably could have got cheaper on Amazon, but I really want to be able to hit some of these miles. Um, so I went and got a camel pack, holds up to maybe uh, one or two liters, and um, which is good um, when you're riding. Uh, I just ride around the neighborhood a little bit. I get, you know, I do two laps around the neighborhood, which is about a rough, roughly around a mile and a half, um, one lap. So, grand total is what about three miles. So I'm doing like three miles 
um, there's some inclines and some declines. I'm still not, um, still trying to figure out how to work the uh, gears and how to do the um, decline and incline um, and things of that nature. Um, but so far, I'm having a good time. And the best part is I ride with my daughter sometimes, and that gives us an opportunity to... Um, um, <laughs> Yeah, it gives us the opportunity to bond and ha- have some free time with just me and her, and we just talking, you know, that that dad stuff, you know, once again, girl dad, um, things. Just you know, what is she, um, you know, what is she, what's on her mind? How is she feeling about the pandemic? Do you miss your friends? Um, do you miss going to school? Do you are, are you having fun? Are you enjoying your time at home with your brother all the time? Are you enjoying life in general? Like, what are you doing right now? Are you enjoying it? And these are the questions that I ask her. And she, you know, she gives me pretty good honest answers. And um and honestly, um, I've been enjoying it. So um we did um I did a mile and a half yesterday. I'm by myself and I went and got her. And we did another math going another mile and a half going the opposite way. And we took breaks. Um, you know, she has a baby body. I had to share my um had to share my water with her. Um I'm still working on this um PPE. Um, got some in today, and um, so that would keep our face covered. Or riding, we're riding in the wind and stuff like that. Pretty soon, we be leaving them behind, and uh, riding by myself. Um, like I said, and get these miles in. Anyway, that's what I got going on in my life during this pandemic. I wanted to share that with y'all. Um, coming up next, I'm going to pause this. Coming up next, I'm going to have the big homie, um, Andy Klein on. And we're just going to talk some shop and talk some comedy. You know, we're just going to talk about pandemic stuff, man. Um, Let me see. Let me pull them up. And we'll be right back with another exciting episode of the uh, Open Mic Radio Podcast. I have a live studio audience. And by live, I mean my iPad. (laughs) We'll be right back. Hey, everybody, and we're back to another side episode of my radio podcast, As Promised. Uh, thank you, guys. Stop clapping. Stop it. Guys, you're killing me. Live to the audience. Hey, social distancing. Practice it. Practice it, everybody. Uh, <laughs> and we're back with another side episode of my radio podcast. Um, as promised, I'm going to have my good friend in comedy, one of my good friends in comedy, as I do the switcheroo. Uh, I have him on the phone right now. This um, this guy I'm bringing on, uh, I credit them. I credit their podcast, and I credit them for um, uh, improving my growth in comedy. Um, they imp- helped me um, grow as a comedian, and uh, they helped me with my, podca- with my podcasting. Um, with my podcast, even though I'm not as um, as committed as they are, but um, they have a following. They're funny. It's a great podcast. Y'all should check it out. I want to give it up for one one half of the hosts of Three Guys on Podcast. Shout out to my man, Mr. Andy Klein, everybody. What's up? Hey, Andy. How you doing, man? <laughs> uh, I'm all right. I guess uh, I guess we're all connected. Oh, yeah. Everything's working. Yeah, we're recording now. All right. Yeah, I'm good. I'm yeah. good. I'm, uh, I just finished reading yet another dumb take from a comedian. about politics another political hot take so uh yeah i'm all worked up now oh okay (laughs) yeah i've been um it's funny yesterday uh i saw a status from a comedian that i thought i put in time out (laughs) (laughs) 
Right. Because I don't want to. Re- I don't want to remove them because I might. I might book them for a show later on. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Whenever. Well, but... doesn't the time? Not, I mean, I know on Facebook you can mute someone for like 30 days, right? Isn't that it? Yeah. It, you can like. You can take a break from. It's called taking a break. And, oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> and I was taking. I thought I took a break. I didn't know. I did, but I saw their status the very next day. I'm like, this is not the break that I asked for. <laughs> oh, okay. So very yeah, you can't take a one day. You got to take like a month long break, and then at some point you're just gonna see them like breaks over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was just I took I thought I took a break, and then uh, the next day I saw another excruciating status, and I'm like, this is this is not what I asked for. Facebook, I demanded <laughs> a break. <laughs> that's, that's that's what I want. And, um, is this like a is this like a Bernie Trump Biden kind of deal or what? Oh yes, yeah, you know you know how it is. Another another yeah. um um you know now that Bernie's gone, you know y'all think Biden's better. Uh, the the Democrats can't win with blase 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 blase. And yeah, it, you know it's 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 confusing to me because not only has Biden started to adopt some of Bernie's policies, he actually has Bernie on the team helping him. Get you know basically like ghostwriting policies that he could put forth once he's in office, and it's still right. not good enough for some of these Bernie supporters. So at this point, it's like, what do you want? Do you just did you just want Bernie, or did you like do you like Trump masking and Bernie? I don't understand what's happening right now. I think they just want to complain. That's a part of it, mm-hmm. um, and you know that's a very powerful thing, instinct to say. Well, I, I'm gonna just always be you know, the complainer and I never have to put myself on the line to actually make a decision or make a choice. I could just sit back and throw darts at everybody. You know, comics do it all the time. Like, man, that room won't book me, man. Put me on stage. I would kill it. But they know they were never going to have to prove that. Yeah. You know, so <laughs> I, I saw, uh, the one I just saw was about how um, Obama is uh, as responsible as Trump for this situation. How? So. <laughs> from a guy from a guy who voted for Obama. <laughs> was, uh, yeah. Yeah, I was like I, I couldn't I couldn't roll my eyes fast enough, but you know. <laughs> that doesn't even make that doesn't even make uh what do you call it? That doesn't even make like timestamp sense. <laughs> no, the 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 angle was something about how inadequate Obamacare was and basically was just uh, utilizing the predatory insurance companies. There was no acknowledgement that uh, Obamacare was, was kneecapped by, you know, the Republican Congress. There was there's no, there's no nuance. It was just, he brought his vision was Obamacare, which sucks, which, you know, first of all, there's no cure for this anyway, even if Obamacare existed, but yeah. even if, you know, Medicare for all existed, whatever it, it's, it's, a, it's just, doesn't hold up to any scrutiny at all. So, yeah. because the, it's just the way it is. Because if, if, if I mean, if 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 it might use the as as they say on Morning Joe, the Google machine, they would clearly see <laughs> <laughs> that um, that the moment that Trump signed was uh, inaugurated, the very first thing he did before even going to his inauguration party in the yeah. in the White House was he signed like executive orders to to limit to to like limit and like. Uh, dismantle some of the rules in the in the Obamacare bill or the ACA. Yeah, he's trying to defund it. Yeah, yeah. So it's and and you know this is that's the thing with some of these people. Like I don't know. Like that's, I always I liked I, I like comedy and I like comics, right? And I, I will say a lot. Like you know, comedians, you got to be pretty smart to be a comedian. Yeah. 
And it turns out, no, you don't. (laughs) Turns out, I mean, maybe to be a certain level of comedian, maybe to be a certain type of comedian, if your act is more intellectual, obviously you should probably be smart. Yeah. Um, Or if you're, if you reach a certain level, because a lot of the people who I'm calling comedians who aren't very smart, aren't necessarily high level comedians are just open micers, which anyone can do that. Yeah. But, Man, like when when your job is to think critically as a comic, you know, you're supposed to look at things critically and you just fall into these weird lockstep situations where you're just regurgitating nonsense. And it doesn't hold up to any any scrutiny. There's no logic to any of it. Yeah. So a lot of hurt feelings, I guess, is <laughs> going around. A lot of people have their feelings hurt. As I said on Twitter, a lot of people like to be in part of, uh, enjoy being a part of the problem. Instead of being part of the solution, um, and that's what that's, that's all it seems like is, is 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 every every little thing that they complain about or say, well, well, why why well why hasn't Obama endorsed him yet? Well, he just endorsed him the day after Bernie dropped. Well, well, right. well, well, Obama. Well, you know he you know well you know. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like you create a false. It's a straw man. You create a false argument that you can win, like. <laughs> Why, why, why does your arbitrary timetable on Obama's endorsement even matter? You know, yeah. but they'll, they'll decide that that's important. And I'm going to argue for or against something that I have decided is important in order to win a non-existent argument in the first place, you know, yeah. and you know, what's going on with the pandemic. I feel like a lot of people are back on Facebook who you didn't see very much before because they had lives. You know, we all used to have life. <laughs> Yeah, and and so people are bad. Like I feel like likes and shares are higher than they used to be. Like you know, at least joke on stage and all my likes are down mm-hmm. um, on Facebook. But it seems like it, now things are sort of more active again. So you're getting in more of these arguments, more of these long threads. You know, like every now and then I'll see someone, I'll see a post from like like four or five hours ago, and then I'll see like a hundred. It has got a hundred and fifty comments or something. And I'm like, oh shit, okay, there's must some shit went down in this. Yeah, but that's because people just have time now to sit, you know, and argue back and forth and bicker about it. Mm-hmm. I guess I just I just look at it and roll my eyes most of the time, <laughs> or post like a post like a snarky status of my own later. Yeah. You know, uh, leave it at that. So uh, speaking of which, um, that, that that I got you here. Uh, uh, I, like I like I said earlier in the opening, um, I credit I credit you a lot, and I and I and I know a lot of times in our in in our internal text uh i thank you and randolph a lot for um doing what y'all have done for me uh for the especially yeah. the last couple of years and I, I know i get a little emotional and mushy and then y'all be like hey man punch me in my chest but like, you be all right, and then <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> or give right. me the, or the, give, give me the andy like acknowledgement of the text and then you know be like yeah you're welcome or you know whatever uh <laughs> yeah <laughs> um but uh how uh i, I want to ask i, I want to, i want to ask you questions like how did how did you? Because this is the first time you've been on a podcast. I like to ask those 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 interview type questions in in the beginning since the yeah. first time. How did how did how are you holding up in this pandemic comedically uh, thus far? Well, you know, I'm finding out that I'm actually kind of built for this. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to keep to myself. I'm kind of a loner. I like to be stay home. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't get bored as easily as a lot of other people. Mm-hmm. You know, so. On one hand, like that's this is not so bad for me. It's you know the only difference is I'm not going out to do shows. But when I was going out to do shows, 
the rest of my time, I was just kind of hanging around the house, you yeah. know, I just never had like something where I was going out to bars and restaurants and clubs and events and things all the time. So in that sense, it hasn't changed much. I mean, my job is generally like a mostly work from home situation. So working from home hasn't been an adjustment. Mm. Uh, my wife's working from home, which is different because, you know, now she's home all day too, but that thing, that turned out not to be a problem at all. Mm. So I think I'm holding up probably. And, and also I haven't taken a major financial hit. I know a lot of people have. And so I haven't had to deal with, you know, all of the worry and all that stuff that a lot of people are dealing with. Comedy's gone, but you know, I'm doing, still doing the podcast, doing other people's podcasts, yeah. uh, figuring out new things to do with like, you know, zoom and all these things. And so that's not a total replacement, but it's there. Yeah. But I'm kind of, a, I'm, you know, compared to, because we know a lot of comics compared to like comics that I know, especially things aren't so bad, because we know a lot of people who comedy is their job, you know, like they don't, they quit their day job. They don't have another, you know, they don't have a lot of money saved up. They don't, they're sacrificing for their art. Yeah. And now they don't have anything. We know people who work at comedy clubs and bars, all the staff, the management, the ownership who are kind of fucked right now. So I'm, I'm, I'm in decent shape as far as that goes. Now, even if I got laid off tomorrow, I have, I have a little bit of money saved up. I'll be okay. But I haven't had that psychological hit either of like just boredom and all that, you know, that people get into mm. get stuck in their heads. Yeah. I, f I found myself, um, I was telling somebody this too. Um, I, I was like, I don't really miss doing stand up as much as I thought I would. <laughs> <laughs> Just, yeah, I'm, I, I'm kind of, I kind of feel that way a little bit too. And I feel like if for me to be uh, in a stand up state of mind, I think I have to be doing it, yeah. you know? And if I'm not doing it, I'm like, I'm not an all, always on kind of guy. I'm more sort of always off and then something has to turn me on, you know? Yeah. So if I have shows coming up, open mics this week, I got to do a set Tuesday. I'm going to try to get two in Wednesday. I'm going to try to get two, three in on Thursday. Then I'm like full on in comedy mode. But if that's not happening, um, I can flip that switch pretty easily. You know, I can kind of turn it off. Yeah. And uh, I think for me, I don't know if it'll be the same for you, but I think for me, like when it comes back, I'll realize how much I missed it, you know, but right now I can kind of compartmentalize it as like, well, that's just over temporarily. It's not final. It's not over forever. So it's fine. You know, yeah. Deal with that later. Yeah. For me, uh, for me, I, um, I think I don't miss the, uh, the grinding part of it. So when, yeah. it, when it was gone, it was like, Oh, okay. I get to stay home. <laughs> Cause you know, right. I have, you know, I have a job and everything too. So it's like, okay, I get to work from home and I didn't realize how many things, how many, other things I was missing out on, how many other events and stuff I was missing out on on being home until I was, yeah. till comedy was taken away. It was like, oh, I'm here all the time. Or I get, you know, it was, I, I was like, oh, I could do these things. And this is actually fun and this is cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't even yeah, know. I, I didn't know you was like this. I wonder so. too. <laughs> I felt like that when this whole thing started. I thought, you know, when comedy comes back, I wonder how many. Because the thing about DC was there's a. There's, there were crowds at all these shows. They'd be packed out in a lot of these places. Yeah. Because especially open mics, they're free. It's a fun night out. The level of talent in DC is high enough that you're going to see a good show if you just stumble into a, a an open mic at a bar somewhere. 
Mm-hmm. But how many of these people have now developed new hobbies? Yeah. And <laughs> have just decided I kind of like staying at home. I've 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 I got a recipe book. I'm cooking. You know, I'm I'm doing this. I'm doing that. I've taken up some other, you know, things. Mm-hmm. How many of them are even going to have the desire to go out and watch a show on a random Wednesday night or Thursday night? Maybe it'll be a whole new group of people because the old comedy fans maybe have will eventually mentally move on. Yeah. But across the board, it's I say I feel like it's like that. Everyone's I, I thought at the beginning of this, I was like, it's gonna be like like Groundhog Day where like uh at the end of it he's we're gonna all have like ten new talents. Mm-hmm. You know, like at the end of that movie he's like a classical pianist and he's <laughs> you know, he's got all these new things because he just had nothing to do all this time. Yeah. Is- you know, but yeah, I don't know. I, I I wonder if the crowds miss it. I, some do, I'm sure, but I, that's the that's the key question for us: is do the crowds miss it? Will they come back? You know. Yeah. What's your take on these um on these um internet shows? I actually kind of um I'm doing one uh like as far as like internet comedy shows, uh stand up comedy shows. Uh, I was finally yeah. invited to one, and uh, I was actually kind of pr- like kind of like push it back because I didn't want to create a new normal. Because uh, I always felt like stand-up yeah. comedy is in front of a live audience, but I finally succumb to doing one or two. <laughs> yeah, is it going to be on like Zoom or something? Is yeah, it's going it to be on Instagram Live. Oh, Instagram Live. Okay. See, yeah. I don't, the the lack of hearing a crowd laugh. I I mean, I, you know, every comic has probably had the same thing. Like, I don't think it'll work, but I've seen enough comics post that they had fun on on one of these live things. I guess on Zoom, technically, you could hear everybody laugh if everyone's mics are turned on you know i guess in theory you can hear it mm-hmm. but instagram i don't think you know you wouldn't be able to hear it obviously yeah but you could see the comments yes it wouldn't be the same as stand up it would be more like like um you know that that part of stand up where you're like what else what else <laughs> yeah and you're just kind of like let's say looking through your notebook on stage or just in your mind going through your notebook in your mind yeah <laughs> it'll be more like that it, it will be like kind of a partial show more like hey let me just uh just got these thoughts on my mind let me just kind of unload these thoughts on you people these little jokes i wrote but i don't think the feedback would actually make the joke better yeah you know? it's like i got hearts <laughs> yeah right <laughs> like like okay i got hearts but i ain't get no i didn't get no laugh emojis i got a blue thumbs up what does that mean is that a boo what does yeah that well, then, yeah <laughs> you know, does, it, does the heart change color what does the purple heart mean like what does that <laughs> what are y'all trying to say i'm, I'm confused yeah well, no people. Some people have done shows where they've gotten like they've had like a tip jar. I don't know if that's on Zoom or someplace else. Oh yeah, but... you can. Um, they pin the. Uh, they pin, I guess, people's Instagram. Not Instagram. They Venmo, and yeah. um, they pin it in the comments. So I guess you can see it um, as the person's performing. Um, yeah. And stuff like that. I've done. I've done a couple of like the the Instagram shows that I've 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 worked with. Um, they're not so much like stand-up comedy shows. They're more like theme. Like me and Kareem are doing um, quarantine bracket, um, you know, yeah. like t- like style tournament. Where it's not like there we because we're comics. There's there's an element of comedy in it, in it, um, but it's yeah. not a, it's it's not necessarily like an open mic stand-up comedy uh, show. Whereas like is right. Um, and like I know Tommy's doing his live version, helping with the uh, almost ladies night show once again. Because we're comedians, there's an element of comedy in it, but it's not like a stand-up comedy show. Uh, yeah, it's just it's just for me, it's weird to say, "Hey, this is an open mic," 
<laughs> yeah, 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 that's just, yeah, that's the weird thing. I guess, like, if I was invited, I haven't been asked to do one of these live things, but if I was asked, I guess I would do it mm-hmm. because I feel like for a long time in comedy, I would say no. I would just like talk myself out of things, like that's gonna be stupid. Yeah, that's gonna, you know. And I've kind of tried the last couple of years to kind of yes and a little more mm-hmm. uh, because you know, it's like just sometimes you can you can prejudge for no good reason other than you just want to find a way out of, of an adverse situation. But I'd probably do it. I, I don't really have a notebook full of quarantine jokes. I mean, I feel like they're all, they've all been done. Every time I think of one, there's already like 10 versions of it on Twitter. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you gotta be quick with it. Yeah. So I'm kind of like, I've kind of, some angles are coming into focus for me, but it's, it's more like maybe big picture kind of things or bigger thoughts. So I don't know that I'd be one that's just kind of like rattle off all my quarantine jokes or just jokes I've written during quarantine because I haven't really it doesn't work that way in my mind right now I'm just I'm still trying to figure out like what's the what's the what does a picture even look like it's not in focus yet for me you mm-hmm. know so I don't know maybe I just wouldn't make enough make that much on Venmo <laughs> <laughs> like what is what does what does this heart mean <laughs> right uh, did, uh, did you un, did you undo your payment like, that's fucked up <laughs> Uh, so real quick, uh, so uh, I I recently uh, released the album, um, yeah. But you did one a few years ago. But before we talk about the album, I want to talk about um, what got you into because you've been do- you've been in this game for a while. What actually got you um, into comedy? Like talk about your your comedy journey and how like how it started. What made you get into it? Because um, like I met you, I've been doing comedy for ten years, so maybe eight years ago, whatever. So I don't have everybody's yeah. backstory. I just <laughs> I just see people and I'm like, yeah, hey, yeah, you yeah. Know what <laughs> He just showed up one day and, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, well, so I start when I first did comedy, I was 19. Mm-hmm. And I always kind of, I always liked comedy. Like, you know, during like the 80s and early 90s when it was like on TV every night, you know, with those shows like Comic Strip Live and Evening at the Improv and MTV's Half Hour Comedy Hour. It was always stand-up on. Yeah. And I used to watch it all the time. I was really into stand-up comedy. I quote me and my friend, a couple friends of mine would, quote comedy back and forth even just like comics that were somewhat unknown that we, we just saw on you know evening at the improv or something um when i worked at popeyes in high school we'd be walking around quoting jeff dunham you know mm-hmm. because that was when he was starting a big but he was doing comic strip live on fox on saturday night you know like it would be like five comics ten comics doing a few minutes each mm-hmm. and we were like 14 15 so a guy with a puppet was hilarious so <laughs> Yeah. we'd be like uh quoting that so like i was was into it and at some point i kind of felt like i was funny mm-hmm. while i was in high school but i was also shy like i didn't you know i wasn't like a class clown type uh so i was kind of interested in it. i probably always wanted to do it and then sometime around when i was 19 i kind of i heard about a comedy club in dc or i saw an ad for a comedy club whatever it was i kind of i just thought you know what i'm gonna do it i'm gonna do stand-up because i always kind of wanted to And that was 1994. So I did it for a while, like back then, for maybe a couple years, every Wednesday, and then like sometimes other nights. You know, the scene was not, the scene was kind of dead. It was kind of just past the comedy boom from the 80s. Yeah. And so the scene wasn't that huge, but there was enough, there were still a, a fair number of shows, you know, throughout. And then like a lot of the clubs started to close down. So the comedy cafe where I started shut down, like, late 95 early 96 Mm -hmm. um 
slapsticks in Baltimore shut down. There was headliners. I think one of their rooms shut down. There's all these clubs and rooms that just started going away. And I just kind of got away from comedy for like two years, mm-hmm. you know, 96 to 98, roughly. And so I kind of got back into it in 98. So I kind of, I count 98 as my start date because the first couple of years, I was more like a hobbyist trying to figure it out. And, you know, it wasn't really, I hadn't found myself. I was 19. I had no life experience. I had no worldview. You know, I just, it was all just dumb, dirty jokes. Mm-hmm. And um, when I came back to it in 98, I was just a, a I was a more well-rounded person. I had more to talk about. So at that point, the scene was even smaller, but there were some new, like Wiseacres and Tyson's was open. That became the home club every Wednesday. And we'd go to Baltimore every Thursday to do an open mic at Winchester's. Yeah. So I just kind of always was interested in it and always kind of thought I'd like to do it and felt funny, but I was shy and, you know, like basically a lot of people who knew me didn't know I was funny. They wouldn't have even thought that I was funny, you know? Yeah. My very close friends knew I was funny, but other people, you know, I, I was just quiet. So I kept to myself. So at some point I just decided, you know, I got to do this. I, I know I want to do this. I got to do it. And I just fucking jumped in. Yeah. What, what would you, um, what would you, what would, if someone was like, hey, you, you right there, hey, <laughs> what's your comedic style? <laughs> well, 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 how would you describe your comedic style? <laughs> well, I, the way I used to kind of look at it as, insightful opinions mm-hmm. that come across like common sense. Yeah. You know, so after you hear it, you're like, Oh no shit. Oh, of course. You know? <laughs> yeah. I, why didn't I think of it that way? So I still kind of see it that way. It's definitely a lot of opinions. It's, I look outward a lot. I don't talk about, I don't look inward. I don't talk about myself. Yeah. Uh, but I think you get to know me from just hearing my opinions about the world around me or my observations about it. I don't talk about like my marriage and my family and all that stuff. I've never really found anything funny stand up wise. I just can't write jokes about that stuff. Yeah. Um, but it's a lot of looking out and, and trying to have some insight, you know, connecting dots that people haven't connected, how this relates to that. Or another thing that I do a lot, probably too much is I'm basically a lot of my act is, um, me winning arguments. and i try not to do it too much you Mm -hmm. know but it's a lot of it is like people say this well that's stupid because this you know Mm -hmm. and and you know i don't want every joke to be that it's just me calling people stupid so i gotta find a roundabout way to bring a lot of shit up Mm -hmm. but a lot of it is like just me just getting bothered by something like you know something going on in the world something in the news something on social media whatever and then just in my mind like you know you know like you if you you're watching a show and you're you're like somebody on the news and you you're basically yelling at the tv you know or yelling at the radio or whatever a lot of it is that but i try not to start every joke with man i saw this guy he said this dumb thing and here's why it's dumb (laughs) which means i'm smart you know i don't want to do that even though i feel like sometimes i fall into that trap but if you really look at my act a lot of it is couched in me just finding fault in things in the world around me you know yeah and trying to point out what's funny about that um but yeah you're never gonna hear me talk about my marriage you're never gonna hear me talk about (laughs) you know like 
here's a funny story from when I went on a date once, you know, that, that I don't, I can't find funny in that stuff. Yeah. Like what you do, I couldn't do, you know, talking about family and stuff. I just, it doesn't work for me. It doesn't compute. I, I sit down, I'm, su- I'm suddenly <laughs> not funny. If I try to write about my marriage, I'm suddenly like the most unfunny person in the world. You yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's easy for me. It, sometimes they write themselves. <laughs> yeah. I just take the, screen, well, yeah, I take the mental screenshot like, I'll have to say this on stage later. At least yeah. the premise. <laughs> right. You're, your wife says something like, okay, that's the joke. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, children. Uh, so, um, yeah, okay. So, uh okay, this is the last um this the this is the last uh uh current affair question I'm going to ask if we go back to the regular stuff. <laughs> okay, so three guys on a podcast. It's been going yeah. on for years. Uh matter of fact, before we go to that, I wonder why you're one of the only um comedians I know like in DC. There's others. I, I don't really check everybody's um like YouTube pages whatever, like they clips or whatever. But like you're yeah. the only comedian I see like their YouTube clips actually get like a lot of likes and comments. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, and I don't put a lot up either. Like I, I don't think I've put one up in a long time. I should probably put some more up. But yeah. you know what it is. Like if you have provocative, I have a, I have one clip. I don't have a ton of stuff on YouTube. I have one clip that has like four hundred fifty thousand views. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and this clip went up in like oh seven or oh eight or something like that, mm-hmm. and early days of YouTube. And for a long time, it got nothing. It got like a few hundred clicks. That's yeah. about it. It's the whole thing about religion. And um, it's like a five-minute clip from like the improv or something. It's like it's all about religion. For, for the most part, it's about religion. And um, the joke was, you know, the title was Andy Klein dash religion. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> not a very catchy title. <clears throat> And then one day I changed the title, not for any particular reason. I just changed it to dumb things religious people say. Mm-hmm. And this was before there was a, like a little trend a few years later of like, you know, shit comedians say and shit my dad says and shit religious people say. Like there was a whole like, you know, genre of that for a while. This is before all that. But as soon as I changed it, mm-hmm. I started getting more clicks. And I was like, oh, OK, because the title is this is before like really clickbait was a thing that was talked about. But I was like, okay, the title was provocative. It made people want to click. Uh, what are the dumb things religious people say? You know? Yeah. And suddenly the views started shooting up like a couple thousand a day, more than that at one, at one point. And it started getting shared. I could, you could see the source of the traffic. If you go on YouTube, you know, at least back then you could, you could see where it came from. And like, it'd be someone who posted on a, on a message board somewhere and it would get some clicks and um, what happens then, too, is that people start arguing in the comments, which is great for your for your numbers. Yeah. <laughs> so people are arguing and it's the, people would have full on arguments about religion. I'm like, guys, it's a fucking comedy bit, you know, so it's, don't. But people would have all these back and forth arguments about it. And I was like, OK, I've, I've kind of hit on something here, because when you start getting arguments, I think what happens is YouTube promotes it more because there's more engagement. There's more comments mm-hmm. and then it started getting added to like you know when you watch a video like on the side it has all the related videos you know things you might also like yeah so that video started getting added as a related video and like you watch a george carlin clip and there's my video next to it as a related video you know mm-hmm. so it kind of took on that life of its own and then after that i've tried to do like provocative titles 
since then. And some of them work, some don't. I'm not really good at it. I just kind of happen to stumble upon it. But I feel like this, if you're at a show, like if you're at a, if you're just, at, at, let's say big hunt mm-hmm. and you do like provocative things that might turn off half the crowd. Yeah. You're going to have like a rocky set. You'll do okay. This half of the room loved you. This half of the room didn't like you that much. Some people thought you went too far and said too soon, you know, whatever. Mm. I've done school shooting jokes on the day of the shooting, you know, so <laughs> like, you know, it's, I'm, I'm fine with that. <laughs> so, like it's, I've done jokes about like big, huge, sad, tragic events that mm. night. You know, that's kind of my wheel. I like, I just, I, I like the challenge of trying to write for that stuff. So yeah, I've, I've found that in the room, that's not always going to hit the hardest. The the easier the Jeff stuff will hit harder. The stuff that's um, let's say sillier or you know whatever, it's going to hit harder. But on the internet, it seems like the stuff that's more woke, that's more provocative, that f- finds a niche, seems to do better because that niche will then take it and share it and run with it. It's like when you do a bit and everyone hates it, but that one table in the back. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) or sometimes a whole set you'll do like 45 minutes and like two tables in the back are laughing everyone else is like horrified yeah and um those two tables will come up to you those two tables will be like you know man you're so funny man fuck these people man they don't know that's like they're gonna follow you on social media they're gonna they're active now looking up more of your clips on youtube and listening to your album and all that Mm. whereas if you just went and just did like an average set about dating and Hey, edibles are weird and all those, you know, kind of simple topics, simpler topics. Yeah. You're going to do better, but no one's going to remember you afterwards. Yeah. You know? So if you can kind of do something provocative and get, you know, a quarter of the room to remember you and become like more dedicated followers of you, that's better than the entire room just politely laughing and you doing well and making a good tape. Uh, As far as your your engagement online. And then when you post videos online, like I have videos that are just like more simple jokes, you know, more, you know, let, let's say nobody gets hurt in the joke. I don't, they don't do as well. And if I put up something saying how I'm an atheist and suddenly all the atheist people, you know, cause they don't have a guy who says that, you know, if, or if I, if I talk about abortion, I think I have a the thing. It was, it was like abortion jokes can be funny was the title. Yeah. And it got picked up by upworthy. Remember when Upworthy was a thing? Yeah. <laughs> Upworthy picks, would pick things up and it would be like, they always had those, they were masters of clickbait. It was all, it'd always be like, uh, this comedian brought up abortion. What happened next? Blew my mind. You know, like, <laughs> a lot of, a lot of what happened next went on with Upworthy. But they had a huge, like people shared all their stuff. They had a huge following. So it was like Upworthy shared that bit and suddenly it had like 40,000 hits on it, mm-hmm. you know? And mostly positive comments because the bit was, you know, pro-choice and it was very outwardly pro-choice. And again, it's a cause. When people run across a cause in comedy online, I think that does better on the internet. Mm-hmm. And in the club, it's going to do maybe have a mixed reaction sometimes. Other times it'll do well, but it's going to have more more likelihood of a mixed reaction. So once I kind of figured that out, I kind of. I try to do that more and more. I need to do it still more. I mean, I have jokes about things that I think would do well online. I just haven't made a good 
tape yet, and of course now I'm not going to for like a year. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> I mean, like, maybe. You know, I have old jokes that never made it onto the internet that I feel like would have done well online. Yeah. Uh, much better than than you know in the club. But you, you go to yeah. Georgia. You go to Georgia right now. Um. Well, starting Friday, <laughs> I think they're going to open up the comedy clubs. You trying to you trying to get a good tape? I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I guess, yeah, someone's going to be the, the the first comic back on stage. Someone's going to be like, hey, guys, what's going on? How you guys been? You yeah. know, like, I I, I guess, because they're doing, uh, did they say comedy clubs? They said bowling alleys, right? Yeah, they, like were, all like, the... yeah, they were like bowling alleys, um, dining places, uh, with limited capacity, um, uh, movie theaters, barbershops, salons, yeah. um, tattoo places. <laughs> no place where you can actually practice good social distancing. Yeah, um, kissing booths. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> political rallies where you get to shake hands and kiss the babies. You know those places, right? <laughs> yeah, and comedy clubs. Yeah, yeah, comedy clubs fit right in with that. Yeah, it was funny the, uh, before all of this happened because um, I could. I was talking to uh, the Brooklyn Mike comedy team. We was in the um, we was in the chat. And we were just talking about how yeah. much um, we miss doing the Tuesdays. I was like, I absolutely do do not miss doing the Tuesday. But <laughs> <laughs> but they, you know, Brandon and Charity and Orlando Gaston, they were always like, yo, we miss it and stuff like that. And I was like, well, you yeah. know, once we come back, you know, because I think Gaston, he was asking me, shout out to Gaston, he was asking, is there any word when we open it back up? And I said, well, I don't know. Yeah. That That's up to uh, the mayor, Bra- Bowser, I think it's her name, Bowser. Um, but yeah, on yeah. top of that, even if we open back up, we started going. We have to come up with a sanitation plan, to because right. our our mics on Tuesday, you know, we average around twenty to twenty five people on a Tuesday, and like coming through right. to, to tell jokes. That's twenty five people, and out of those twenty five people, that doesn't include us, uh, me and Brandon and Orlando Gaston and Charity doing jokes. So that's like almost thirty people. Um, yeah. So we have to come up with a sanitation plan, even if it's like we instead of just having the one mic now, is it? We have to have three mics now, and then as one gets rotated out, do we ha- make sure someone cleans that mic? And then you know, and, yeah, and, yeah. And like, have you? Because I know you and um, you and 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 Randolph, y'all both run the Saturdays at the Draft House. Uh, I don't know if y'all have been in talks yet. Have y'all ever? Have y'all came up with a uh, a sanitation plan yet? Have y'all have y'all thought about that that far? Not yet. I feel like um, that's so far off. I, I I'm not super optimistic that things are gonna be back anytime soon. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, mean, I think it's going to be months and months before like any kind of normalcy comes back. But yeah, I would, if I hadn't even thought about it really, but I would think at minimum switching out the mics, um, like having several mics that you can rotate through beyond that, there's not a whole lot you can do. Yeah. You know? Like it's, 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 it is what it is. People like comedy is better when people are closer to you and closer to each other. So, Number one, that'll be an adjustment if you got to make people sit like the White House press briefing six feet apart. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it'll be okay. It won't be great. It'll be fine, I guess. Better than nothing. Would it be crazy? But, you know, you're still. If they had like little shields in between each chair. <laughs> <laughs> like at a urinal. Yeah, it's still, it's still, you, you still had the social distancing, but you're still sitting close at the same time. <laughs> yeah, just people just sitting in a little pod or something. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, the whole thing, it's, it seemed like it would be kind of uncomfortable and everyone would be sort of so aware that they're supposed to, you know, sit a certain way. And if they have to cough, they have to cough into their arm. And when someone does cough, you know, because people are drinking and laughing, people are going to be coughing 
Yeah. Um, when someone does cough, suddenly everyone's no longer watching the show. They're all like, what the fuck was that? Who was that? And there's going to be a lot of, you don't want the crowd to be too self-aware on stage. You want them to be locked into the show. Yeah. So if everyone's just super self-aware, it's going to be distracting no matter what. Yeah. You know, I guess you can do okay, but yeah, I hadn't thought about specific, like, like sanitary things. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what can be done as uh, other than everyone wears a mask, like a good mask. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like an actual something with like a, like, you know, some layers to it. Yeah. And because even with drinking, this, if you're yeah. in the audience and you're, you order, a, you buy a beer, you can't wear a mask. What are you going to do? Yeah. You know? How does it even work? Yeah. And laughing. I mean, I don't know what, I don't know if they've done, you know, they've done those particle tests where they're like, how far do the part do the droplets go if you sneeze? You know. Mm-hmm. Well, what about a laugh? A, is a, a laugh is probably similar to a cough in terms of the force of stuff coming out of your mouth. You know. Yeah, and going into your so, mouth because your mouth is wide open. Yeah, and coming yeah, coming <laughs> into your mouth. You're you're inhaling. And that's the other thing too. We just we're just realizing now we've been inhaling other people's droplets for our whole lives. No. Yeah. You know, like. All their mist is just going down our throat. <laughs> just, just enjoying themselves. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I so would... I mean, laughing might be the same. If everyone's laughing, it might be the same as everyone's coughing. Yeah. You know, what's the difference? Yeah. How? How do you do? You believe that you might have already had the coronavirus before? Before you've known that the coronavirus is out. <laughs> I don't think. You know what? I I thought that my wife might have had it at one point. Hmm. Um. We went to Vegas in January. Mm-hmm. January 11th, we left. It was a Saturday. We went 11th through like 15th, I think it was. Mm-hmm. And um, right before, like the week leading up to that, she got sick to the point where we thought we were going to have to cancel the trip. Yeah. And she came home from work on Tuesday. She had a fever. Um, you know, like with the flu, you're like, okay, sometimes the fever lasts two days and you start feeling better and you're fine. So I was like, okay, fever Tuesday, fever Wednesday. Maybe you'll be the fever breaks, and by Thursday, Friday, you'll be better, and we can, we don't have to cancel our trip. Yeah. So that's what I was thinking. Her fever w- was kind of high. Uh, she went to a, like this one of those urgent care clinics. They did a flu test, and the test came back negative for the flu. And the urgent care clinic was like, "Yeah, we get false negatives a lot. I mean, it might not, it might not mean you don't have the flu, but we're going to prescribe Tamiflu anyway." So she got a prescription for Tamiflu. Mm-hmm. and the um, temperature was high, and then at one point it, the fever went away, then it came back like later that night, and finally like, on Thursday of that week, the fever was gone, and she started feeling better, so she only had it for a couple days, mm-hmm. and then on Friday, she didn't have a fever, but then she did have a cough for a couple weeks after that, like a persistent cough, and then like a doctor gave her like a bronchitis medication, um, you know, whatever, so I never got sick that whole time. Yeah. And she did get sick, but not it, the real bad sickness only lasted a couple of days. But now looking back, I'm like, that could have been it. I mean, I guarantee people were walking around with it in December and January at this point in the U S like, how could they not have been? Yeah. I, I was, um, I was talking to my friends cause we went to Puerto Rico. I forget. When did we go to Puerto Rico? Was it February? Was it January or February? 
I think it was I think it was after my Vegas trip. I yeah, think it was later later January or early February. Yeah, because my friend he was in he we was um, we went to we went to Puerto Rico. He was like real yeah. sick, like he had like the yeah. sweats and everything like that, and uh, coughing and everything. But we we're still drinking and um, <laughs> still passing shots around, and and we stayed in the same room. Well, the same not the same room, but we was in the same in the same Airbnb, sharing the same Airbnb. Yeah. He had a different room though. But uh, you know yeah. we're still in, you know still sharing the same Ubers and stuff like that, and then uh, maybe like a week later I started feeling sick as well. Like after we came back, yeah. maybe a couple of weeks later I started feeling sick as well. I think like Brandon felt sick, and then like next person, <clears throat> and I was like, man, <laughs> was was that it? Everything but the you know the hyperventilating, the you know the heavy breathing. Uh, was, yeah, was I mean, <laughs> like that's the thing. Everyone who had something, especially like if you actually tested for the flu and came back negative you know like there are a lot of people who have that story too like the doctor just said oh it's a really intense flu you know just go home and rest and you know now looking back they're like well wait a minute you know the it, it might have been coronavirus yeah. I, it's possible i had it and i'm just asymptomatic i mean it seems like a lot of people are asymptomatic yeah you know so there's no way to tell unless you do it like one of those antibody tests i guess which will never happen yeah we, we, we ain't got time for that we, we can't afford that <laughs> yeah, you gotta go to Korea. I mean, I guess I I would like to know if I had it, provided that like having had it means that you can't get it again, which apparently that isn't necessarily the case. But if that was the case, I'd like to know that I had it so I could just go out, yeah, without a care in the world. You yeah. know, like <laughs> let let's say let's say comedy opened back up, but you had to prove you've already had it. Yeah, so everyone in there is can't get sick again. How many bookings then, would you um, like miss out on? It was like, oh, you, hey, you didn't even have this yet. We can't put you on the show. <laughs> Can you send us your medical history, please? Uh, send us a video, uh, a bio, and your medical history, please. Yeah. <laughs> or how many comics would just get it on purpose so they could qualify? Like, uh, you, almost, you almost got into the Laughing Skull Festival, but we saw your medical <laughs> records. And, um, <laughs> sorry. Right. <laughs> yeah. Turns out you haven't had coronavirus yet, so uh, you can't take that chance. <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be a whole other a whole other level of prejudice too. People start suing. <laughs> be like, I am being medically prejudiced. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> I've been, to... <laughs> I've I've suffered because I'm healthy. <laughs> Is that right? Is that fair? <laughs> I should be able to get in. Why? Because you're black? No, because I never had the coronavirus because I was healthy. <laughs> right. So I followed good social distancing, and I, I got to be penalized for that? <laughs> yeah. Right. I, I, they're never going to do that. I, I, I wish there was a way to just find out if you had it, like, mm. quickly, like you know, cause, like one of those drive through deals. But they're never going to do that. I, I don't know. I don't think I've had I didn't I don't get sick that much. Like once a year I'll get a cold maybe. Mm-hmm. I haven't had the flu in years. I think twenty eleven I had the flu. Yeah. And I never get a flu shot. Although I'll probably start getting a flu shot now. Yeah. But you know, it's um I never I don't get sick I'm not sickly, I, so I don't think about it. I don't really take a lot of precaution. I'm just like I guess I'm just one of those people, never get sick, you know, I'll just mm-hmm. do that. But you know, maybe I've carried it around, and got other people sick. That's not cool either. Yeah, you know, it'd be good to know. That last night before quarantine, like March 11th, was the last time I went on stage, and it's also the last time I got gas. <laughs> but uh, 
as I still have like three quarters of a tank left. <laughs> March 11th, I did two spots. I did the Comedy Loft open mic, mm -hmm. and the host, uh, I think it was Kayla McDevitt, I think. Uh, I got I, I don't know. But she brought me up and did the old like elbow bump. You know, like people weren't shaking hands anymore. It was just the elbow bump. Yeah. Then I walked over to Big Hunt, and Johnny Black brought me on stage, and just through repetition and habit and instinct, we shook hands. Yeah. <laughs> and so, like, I remember realizing it in that moment, like, what the fuck are we doing shaking hands? You know, I made jokes about it on stage, I think. But, you know, it's like that was the night that Rudy Gobert tested positive and Tom Hanks, that news. That was all that night. We were in the back of Big Hunt, like, did you guys hear about Tom Hanks? Yeah. And even that night, like the first, I'm sure everybody's first attempts to take precaution didn't always go well because just through force of habit, you're going to touch your face or you're going to shake someone's hand or whatever the case may be. Yeah. You know, but now I think everybody's, I, don't, I'm, I haven't shaken a hand in a long time. Probably since that night. <laughs> That's going to be weird. No dap, nothing. Yeah. All those, all those, just imagine the, the basketball players and everybody else who has those secret handshakes that they practice hours <laughs> and hours and perfecting. Right. Can't even do it. <laughs> yep. Can't do it. Got to start all over with some new from a distance handshakes. Yeah. Some kind of weird dance. Yeah. I think LeBron and J.R. Smith have one of the best long distance social distancing handshakes because <laughs> they don't really touch it. But but uh, I think they're like maybe three to four. They're like three, they're not within the six. They're 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 definitely not six feet. So but yeah. I think like three or four feet. And it's like they get like they about to slap hands, but they don't. And they raise their hand up. They, they do the like the little rolly derby, and then they point at each other, and then they shoot each other, <laughs> and then they walk off. And I don't know. It's, it's something I saw. Like, that is pretty cool. Yeah, <laughs> that's almost like it's almost like watching you got served or something. Like, are they, <laughs> is this a dance off? What the fuck's going on? <laughs> All right, all right, and we're almost at fifty minutes on this phone call alone, and um, oh, right. I, I would love to keep you on more, but um, I, I, uh, I like to, I like to keep this on the hour or whatever, and plus this gives me yeah. a reason to have you come back. I have more reasons to bring you back, but this also yeah, you know, I've never this is my first time doing your podcast, so I got to make up for lost time. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, I was I was who I was telling I, I always tell everybody like new comics because for some reason I'm like the the new comic whisperer like when it comes to y'all yeah. open mic, and I, I tell Randall this all the time. Uh, like they come to the draft house and they be like, "Hey man, I don't know if Randolph or Andy like me." And then I got to hit them with the, "Hey, did you even talk to him? <laughs> <laughs> do we even know who you are?" <laughs> yeah, and then they were like, "Well, no, I didn't." But just uh, I'm like, "Well, how do you know?" And, and I tell, <laughs> and I tell people that because I'm like, "Yo, I was that dude. I was that dude." I right. tell them my first story when I finally went. I used to go to I used to go to the draft house all the time. I just didn't feel comfortable because I didn't know everybody and I was only going yeah. to like certain mics. And then I think one day I finally had the 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 uh, the, the, the gonads to walk up to y'all and like <laughs> sign up. And then like you was you, you looked at me, you was like, "Hey man, oh might be I know I heard of you." I'm like, "What? Huh?" <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, "Why you say nothing the whole time?" I'm like I thought y'all was like y'all don't like like me. And I'm like, "Oh y'all y'all yeah. didn't know me." So <laughs> I'll, well, I'll, and the other thing too, I, and I, I tell people this too, like. If you're first of all, it's it's good to introduce yourself because if we have forty comics signing up, it's just we only have spots for like seventeen maybe. Mm -hmm. Then it's good to like we have all these names. We're like, who's that? Who's that? With all these names on the list, we're like, I don't even know who that is, you know. Mm -hmm. So it's just good to put a face to the name first of all, just to kind of like, oh, that's that dude. He was here last week. We bumped him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Like, oh, that's that girl who we talked to outside earlier. Like you know, other times, 
we just look at a name it's just a random name it's like sometimes people sign up for you know they, they they've been there a bunch of times for like a couple months and we still have never spoken a word to them can't put a face to the name yeah you know so the other thing though is if you're funny i mean you got to kind of work your way in and get spots but if you're funny we don't have to like you yeah <laughs> and that's the other thing like we put up people that we don't like all the time. If you're good for the show, yeah, then we're going to put you on because we want the show to be good. We want the crowd to have a good time because that means the crowd will come back and that's how you build an audience. So there are plenty of people that we personally, one or the other of us haven't been all that fond of over the years mm-hmm. that we still put on stage. So like, if you have that, you just got to, you got to figure out a way, like you got once you start getting into the rotation, you start getting spots. You know, then it takes care of itself. But you got to at least come introduce yourself, say, hey, what's up? So and so told me about your rooms just so we can know who you are. Because there's so many names now. And like, it's just so many names on that list. It's like, I don't know who that is. I don't know who this is. I don't know who any of these people are. And so the ones you do know who they are, the ones you're going to be like, hey, let's give that guy a shot. You know, we bumped him last week. Let's put him on. Yeah. And you get more into the rotation. You know, there's nothing to be afraid of. Also, it doesn't matter if we don't like you. If you're funny, it does not matter if we don't like you. Now, if you're, if you're like a total piece of shit, then yeah, that might matter. If you insult one of us directly, that's going to matter. If you insult one of us behind our backs and we hear about it, yeah. obviously that matters. If you run the light repeatedly, that's going to matter. But people get too caught up in like, we don't just put people on that we personally like. Yeah. We put people on who serve the show, you know? that's what it comes down to so but the comics are insecure i get it like you, you know you're like i don't want to yeah <laughs> we, we put ourselves in a situation where we're asking people to judge us every yeah. 30 seconds on stage yeah but we're afraid of being judged yeah you know i, I think um chris allen was the uh, guy who told me hey i used to hate the word no i don't know why I was, but not not in a you know hey girl give me your number no then it's like no not like that just like no no one likes rejection <laughs> nobody likes rejection <laughs> And uh, yeah. especially when you're, you know, when you feel like you're good and like you deserve opportunity and stuff like that, and you see others because every comic looks at somebody else and like, oh man, how did this person and not me, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, yeah. I remember Chris Allen was like, but do you ask? And I was like, well, no, yeah. because you should know who I am because I'm, I'm funny. And I'm like, but do you ask? Do they know? Right. <laughs> like, oh. It also though, takes away some of the burden. Like if you don't get spots, you instead of looking inward and saying, "Was I just not that funny?" Yeah, you can point the finger and say, "Oh, they just don't like me." Yeah, like maybe you need to evaluate yourself a little bit. Say, "Did I? Am I doing well? Am I getting better? Am I improving? Am I better? Is the show better for my having been on it?" You know. Yeah. And then then you're judging. You're not being judged by other people. You're judging yourself, and people don't want to admit that maybe they weren't good enough especially when a lot of comics talk shit so much, you know, before they go on stage, it's like, oh, you don't want to actually like realize, like be real about it and say, man, I wasn't, I'm not that good of a comic or maybe I wasn't when I thought I was. Yeah. So you just say, oh, they just, they didn't like me. (laughs) (laughs) And also if we didn't like you, we didn't just arrive at that conclusion in a vacuum. Yeah. You, maybe you did some unlikable shit, you know, like, there are not very many comics that I just don't fuck with on, on no level. There is a couple. You know who I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but you have to have done some egregious shit, and you have to have really shown yourself 
like taking the mask off and showing yourself to be like a shitty person. Yeah. And if that's the case, then yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to surround myself with shitty people. I'm driving to DC every week to put on an open mic. Sometimes I don't even go on to make room for other people. So I'm, there's a sacrifice there I'm making. I'm not going to also be surrounded by pieces of shit. Yeah. So if you're a shitty person, then you're just a shitty person. There's consequences for that. Yeah. I'm not the only consequence. <laughs> your whole life, your life is probably filled with consequences from your shitty behavior. No. But if you're not a shitty person, then it's just, if you're funny, you'll get on. If you're not, then you can even ask, Hey, why didn't I get on? I, I'll tell you like, well, you know, you're not really doing that well, but you know, keep at it. I think you're, they got some potential keep coming back i'll talk to people you know i'll talk to them about comedy yeah. so it's not a big mystical secret put it that way <laughs> uh real quick we got to um, wrap this up real quick uh plug the um podcast your album and uh, we definitely got to talk about the podcast um more and get into the album as well um plug your album yeah. plug the podcast and um i was going to say upcoming shows but your social media <laughs> you know et cetera, et cetera. how people can find you yeah I'm clearing my throat a lot. Maybe I have the Rona. So, uh, I first of all, the album is called Vintage. Um, it's on all the platforms, you know, Spotify and what else? Title, uh, Pandora, Amazon, iTunes, Vintage, Andy Klein, Vintage. You'll find it. Um, no upcoming shows, of course. Podcast is Three Guys On the Word Three. Three Guys On dot com. There's also a uh, Patreon. We have content behind the paywall we have content that's free so the patreon if you just go to patreon.com slash three guys on overall we have uh, a bunch of stuff behind the paywall and there's a lot of free stuff too if you're in quarantine you're, you're trying to consume some shit then you know, there's a lot there for you um social media twitter is vintage klein and then facebook and instagram is just andy klein uh twitter someone someone already had andy klein on twitter so i couldn't get it but Instagram and Facebook is just Andy Klein. I'm not on TikTok, <laughs> and um, give you some time. I'm not on uh, I'm not on Snapchat. <laughs> I can't get into anything. I think I stopped time. at Snapchat. <laughs> Snapchat was the end of me uh, creating new logins. Yeah, we'll give you some time. <laughs> I'm not a dance. I don't dance. I mean, I guess you have to dance. I don't dance, so yeah. I, there's, there's nothing for me on TikTok. You, you, you have you have pets though, so I, I give you some time. You, you you let the cats do some stuff. I guess I could let the cats do some stuff. I, I I don't know if I can train them to dance, but I guess I could just do some little loops and video together to make it look like they're dancing or something. Yeah, I, uh, I, I only got a, a TikTok to um. Cause my daughter, I get I created a, a TikTok for my daughter. Uh, yeah, I created the child one first, but the child one is so limited, she couldn't really do what she wanted to do. So yeah. I, I created like an adult one for her and I have the login information and everything. So I could switch between accounts like you do on Instagram to keep the creeps out and <laughs> check it to any creeps or anything. And, um, right. and, but really all she's doing is just following her friends and stuff like that. <laughs> and, and they're, and they're having the time of their life. And I'm just like, Oh, mm, this, this is what it was like when I was a kid. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, there's, there's a good chance there's going to come a day where she creates a profile that you don't know about mm -hmm. a secret profile. So I don't know how you're going to keep tabs on that. That's Cause, coming. Because she's going to follow herself. And when she follows herself, <laughs> I'll be able to follow her as well. <laughs> How's my dad keep following me? Oh, like, uh, okay. <laughs> oh, so you got a little trap set. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because like, you, you, you can't create a burner account and not follow yourself. I don't know how that how – that, oh, I've mm. never created a burner account. But um, yeah. no, actually, I guess you could consider 
um, I guess every other account that you know, like broken my comments, like a burner account, but it's like four or five people that have access to that. So, yeah. <laughs> but if you create yeah. one, you definitely want to follow yourself because you need the numbers up. <laughs> right. <laughs> Just to get your numbers up. Yeah. That's what yeah. you got to do. Create like 15 burner accounts, get 15 new followers. Yeah. <laughs> like, man, this guy is really, he has a lot of followers. But, uh, <laughs> right. but uh, thank you again, Andy. Thank you for coming through um, yeah. one more Thanks time. And um, and we'll be right back on the Overmont Radio Podcast. That was Andy Klein one more time. Thank you. I want to thank Andy again for coming on. And ladies and gentlemen, that was, that's been our podcast for this evening. Um, thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Um, we had Andy Klein on, working on other guests, man. Like I said, I can, I can play the PlayStation for six hours a day, or I can record six episodes and release them um, throughout the week for a whole month. Um, thank you, Andy Klein, for coming on again. Thank you all for listening to the uh, podcast. We're going to give ourselves a round of applause one more time. Coming through. Working on some more guests for you all. Some you may know, some you might learn to know and enjoy. And um, before we go, I want y'all to understand this. I want y'all to understand. I want y'all to take care of yourselves. Be good to each other. Be good to your friends and your family. Wash your hands. Wash your damn hands. Wash your butt too. Don't just wash your hands and not your butt. Wash your hands and your butt. Um, quarantine brackets happen every eight um, every Wednesday and Thursday with my friend Kareem Green. Um, also, you can catch me doing the barbershop with Reese Waters, Randolph Terrence, Andy Klein, um, Leon Scott, and um, Pete Bergen as well. That's every Friday at eight o'clock as well. Thank y'all again for coming out. Um, until we meet again, everybody, until the next episode, drop one more time for Andy Klein. And I'm looking for one. And we out, y'all. Peace. Hey, it's your girl, Trady Sade. When I'm not hosting Comedic Relief at Wonderland Ballroom, you can catch me listening to the Open Mic Radio Podcast. <laughs>